Well, good morning again. It's good to see all of you once again, and uh, being back in the Lord's house once again today, being able to open up his word is special to me. I think by now you know that. Uh, it's always an honor for me to be able to get up and speak, and I get to sing with you all the time, but, uh, but being able to, to speak and open God's word together is always such a joy for me. And um, last month we finished up a, a short sermon series that I took the last three months over called Journey Through Faith. Y'all remember that? We talked about faith, and uh, so and I was just trying to keep up with the calendar, and I wasn't really sure where Daryl was going to go. I know he's going to try to finish Galatians, so I didn't know if he was going to try to do like a, a Thanksgiving-type message. So I decided I would do that today. Is that okay with y'all? We'll just do that, and uh, we're going to, um, to talk about being thankful today and uh, on a number of... Of, uh, of, of ways to do that, and, and, it's, and I've entitled a message that you can see, Living Thankful. It's not just being thankful occasionally for something that, that God gives us, but it's living a thankful life and being thankful all the time. And, you know, I've got a ton of things in my life that I can be thankful for. I've got my health, I've got my, my, my food, my, my family, I've got my clothing, I've got my church family, and, of course, first thing that should be on my list is my relationship with Jesus Christ, because I have that. I know that I've been saved, and that song just reminds me so much more of how we can know that. It's not a guessing game. We can know that we have been saved, and we should be very, very thankful for that. But I think about how others in the world live today, and I consider myself really more than just blessed. It's, it's more than just a blessing for me. Again, it's, it's a lifestyle of blessings. It's a lifestyle of living thankful and living blessed. You know, I often think about what other folks in other parts of the world may just think of who we are here in the United States. When you, if you were to sit down and be able to talk with them, they would tell you, well, those Americans, they live a life of excess. And when you think about it, we do compare to them. I would say that most of the folks that live in other places other than here are just not as privileged as we are. I saw some statistics recently that really just kind of staggered me. It just kind of took me back a little bit, and it shows just how much different it is to live here in the United States. Uh, again, living a life of excess compared to them. And, you know, compared to them, we, we have more in our lives right now than most of them will ever have. When you really get down to brass tacks, they are very unfortunate compared to the fortunate stuff that we have, how God has just continually blessed us. Well, it got me thinking about Thanksgiving. It's coming in just a short few. Can you believe that? <laughs> My goodness. Just had a Halloween, and, and Christmas is even closer to this Thanksgiving than it normally is. I think it's six days shorter uh, in between the time because of when Thanksgiving falls. But the holidays are upon us. But Thanksgiving, just a few short weeks away, and I'm sure that most of us in this room will probably sit down with a family member, sit down with folks, have a nice meal. Maybe we'll watch a little football on the big 65-inch TV. <laughs> Maybe we'll tell a few stories. We'll have, have a few laughs in our climate-controlled homes. And remember those maybe who have gone on before us. Now, now listen, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. There's nothing wrong. I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be sharing together on Thanksgiving. We should. God has blessed us. We should be sharing those moments together, not only on Thanksgiving, but on every day. I'm glad that God has placed me to live my life where I am. I could have been born somewhere else. 
When you think about it, we all could have. We didn't have to be born here. We could have been born in one of these third world areas. We could have been born in another nation that's not as privileged and not as fortunate and blessed as we are. But I enjoy the things that God has given me and that he's allowed me to have. We sing a song here sometimes, and it's called, um, I am blessed beyond measure. The, the lyrics say, so far beyond what's gained through earthly treasure. Whatever comes my way, still my soul will say, I am blessed. Let me hear you say, I am blessed. blessed. Now, there's nothing wrong with the fact. Again, I want to make this perfectly clear. Nothing wrong with the fact that God has blessed us beyond measure. There is something wrong, however, if we don't find ourselves thankful to the one who has blessed us and has blessed us in excess and blessed us in abundance. Turn with me, if you would, this morning to the Gospel of Luke. We're going to go to chapter 17, and we're going to focus on a few verses here from 11 to 19. Got it. Amen. When you get it, say you got it. Got them trained. That, that way I know... That way I know when to start reading, okay? They just say, I got it, so okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm glad something has stuck with you over these last couple of years. It means, it means a lot to me. Thank you so much. All right, seriously, here we go. Ch- uh, chapter 17, um, verse 11, and this scripture passage tells us the story of, of 10 men who had something kind of dastardly in common, doesn't it? We're going to read this together. Uh, this disease that they had is called leprosy. Verse 11 says it this way. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went... They were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Well, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the word that we have opened this morning and read. Father, we just ask that we will be able to dig into this a little deeper and, Father, see a deeper meaning than what this is that we can see on the surface. Lord, we just know that this is an old story that we've heard time and time again. We just ask that once again you breathe new life into it. Help us to hear something and learn something today that we weren't aware of. And Father, we just ask most of all that we can apply this to our lives and just bless you through it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Now, before we start really kind of digging into this scripture, let's talk a little bit about leprosy. You've heard leprosy, right? Everybody has heard the term. But what exactly is it? You know, what is leprosy? How do you get it? What does it do to you? Let's, Let's look a little bit. It's It's an incurable skin disease 
there was a gradually worsening type condition. Started kind of soft, but it would eventually just, I mean, they had no way of treating this back in those days. So it was just a really, if I can just say this, it was a really nasty disease. Really was. Folks with leprosy, it was so bad, they would have skin sores. They would have paralysis of their hands and paralysis of their feet. And, and think about this with me now. I'm not trying to be too graphic, but think about this. They would have chronic non-healing ulcers on the soles of their feet. Now, can you imagine how uncomfortable that this could have been for them? They would have blindness. They would have loss of eyebrows. They would have nose disfigurement, thick, stiff, and, and dry skin. These are some of the, of the symptoms that you would find with the disease leprosy. Now, today, that disease still exists, but it's called something different. It's called Hansen's disease, H-A-N-S-E-N-S. -E and it is treatable these days with antibiotics, and I don't think it's like it used to be. Used to be they had no way of treating it. Now, here's, here's a little uh, trivia for you for just a second here that you may or may not know. How many of you have ever seen an armadillo? <laughs> How many of you have ever hit an armadillo? <laughs> Those guys just know how to get in the way, don't they? But if you have hit one, you may have cured him of his leprosy. These guys carry leprosy. So there you go. So don't walk up to one and pet it. You don't want to do that. Now, it's really more common overseas than it is here. But there's probably about 200 cases that's been reported of Hansen's disease due to contact with armadillos. So be careful when you see these guys. They're not for eating. Okay. Not roadkill. All right. So in biblical times, it was not, it, it just wasn't a curable thing then. Whoever had this disease was considered unclean. Everybody say unclean. <laughs> Leprosy is mentioned about 68 times in the Bible, 55 of those times in the Old Testament and the other 13 times in the New Testament. But in this passage that we just read, there were 10 of these guys that had it. 10 men are identified as being lepers. And they weren't all from one general place. You had some that were Samaritans and you had some that were not. So, you know, Gentile, Samaritan, they just didn't get along. But they were forced to commune together because of the disease that they had. Um, they were considered outcasts. They, they had to just really more than keep their distance. They had to stay away from the general population, the general public. They had little to no contact with anybody that was not a, a, a fellow leper, if you want to say it that way. They didn't live among the regular community. They had an unclean designation. It was considered in those times to be called the great scourge of the people. Verse 11 tells us that Jesus was headed to Jerusalem. He was on his way there. He passed through Samaria, and he passed through Galilee. 
Luke really didn't give us a reason for this route, but if, if you look at the harmony of the other Gospels, we're in Luke. If you look at Matthew, if you look at Mark, if you look at John, that's the harmony of the Gospels. Those four things tell the same stories from different point of views. They create a harmony together. That's why we call it that. But we find some clues here as to why Luke says that he took this route. It appears that there was actually a period of time between Luke 17, verses 10 and 11. You will find this account is being called the raising of Lazarus at Bethany. You remember this account, raised Lazarus from the dead, Mary and Martha's brother. This account appears to fit into this time frame between verses 10 and 11. John eleven fifty four states that after raising Lazarus to avoid the authorities who were looking to kill Jesus, he went to a city called Ephraim, which was north of Jerusalem, near the border of Samaria. From there, he apparently he traveled north through Samaria and Galilee, and from there, he would have traveled south by the regular route, which would have traveled, uh, brought him back through Jericho to Jerusalem. So that's how the harmony of the gospel sets up that route and why he went the way that he did. Verse 12 tells us this says that he entered a village where he came within earshot of these ten men. Couldn't get any closer. They had to keep their distance, but he could hear them. He could, he could see them across the way. He could hear them. Now, remember, these men were just defiled. They were legally re required. This just wasn't a suggestion. They were legally required to stay away from the public. They couldn't be anywhere close. They had to stand at a distance, and to be heard, they had to shout. It was that far away. They had to shout to be heard. Shouting was their only way to communicate with Jesus. But here it is. They knew who Jesus was. They knew exactly who he was. They had heard of his healing reputation. So in verse 13, they did something. They shouted to him. And they said, Jesus, Master, somebody say it, have what? Have mercy on us. They were shouting. They were asking Jesus for a simple thing. Heal us. They knew that he could do it. They, they, his, his reputation preceded him. They knew that he had healing power, and they were so defiled to the point that they said, Jesus, have mercy. Please heal us. That's what they wanted from him. So in verse 14, Jesus heard them. He saw them, and what did he say? He said, go show yourselves to the priest." And so it was, and, and listen to this, as they went, as they went, they were healed. They didn't have to get there. They didn't have to take a couple of steps back and get a running start. They just had to make the move. They made the move and Jesus healed them. It's important to note here, Jesus didn't pronounce any type of healing formula. He didn't do anything dramatic. There's nothing magic about it at all. He just uttered a simple response, go and let the priest see you. Now this type of command, it created, the, the lepers had to respond to what it was that he was saying. He had to, there was an action that had to be taken when Jesus said, go and see. They had to do something. So they did. They, they needed to go and see 
the priest. To run and see them meant to all of them that they were no longer infected and they could mingle back into society. By seeing the priest, that's what that was for. By running to them and seeing them, then the priest could see that they were clean and then they could be released back into society. Jesus answered them and, and he knew that they were infected, but when they turned to go, they were immediately healed and then they could get to the, to the priest to be able to let them see. They were no longer infected. They had to start towards the priest before they were healed. All ten of them exercised faith in obeying Jesus' command. They started for the priest, and it was then that the healing came. Now verse 15 tells us that, that one of these lepers, when he saw that he had been healed, he stopped. He turned around. And with a loud voice, he glorified God. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. He didn't look for a private session somewhere to say, Hey, Jesus, come here. need to go talk to you over here behind the tree. I need to see you over here for just a minute because I need to thank you. No, he didn't do that. He glorified him publicly, fell on his face, and in a loud shouting voice, glorified and thanked God. He knew what Jesus had done for him came directly from God. Not only was this man an unclean leper, he was also an unclean Samaritan, the scripture tells us. Jesus was dealing with someone that some would consider doubly unclean. Why would he do that? That is his nature. And that's the simple answer for that. It is the nature of our Lord to bring healing and salvation to sinners. Verse 17 finds Jesus asking a question. Where are the other nine? Where did they get to? Where'd you go, guys? There were ten that were cleansed. Was there no one other than this foreigner going to give God the glory for what has happened today? You see, these other nine... They received their healing. They ran to the priest as fast as they could to get their status restored, not thinking about anyone but who? Themselves. That's where their mind was. They wanted their lives back. But this Samaritan, his first thought was to be thankful and grateful for what God had done in his life that day. He truly acknowledged his own unworthiness, and he truly acknowledged God's love and God's mercy. Well, after this, if you'll notice in the scripture, Jesus made no further comment to the crowd. It was obvious to him and to everyone else that was within that earshot that these other nine were just not thankful. They were just ungrateful. They didn't acknowledge his love. They didn't acknowledge his mercy. They didn't give any kind of thanks to Jesus whatsoever at all. To the Samaritan, the one man that did return, what does the Lord say to him? He says, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. You see, all, the, all ten of these men were healed physically. Now think about that. Their physical appearance has changed. 
They now have no leprosy. All of the ulcers, all of the sores, all of the nose disfigurement, maybe all the eyebrows have grown back. They are their normal selves. They were cleansed and healed spiritually. But there was only one that was healed spiritually. And that was the one that turned around and came back. I like what Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says. Look at it with me right here. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Folks, only a life that is filled with thanksgiving will experience the real peace of God. He's done so much for you, so much for all of us. I can't even begin to explain to you what all he has done in my life and in the lives of my family. We are a blessed people. He's given me a wonderful wife. He's given me great children. He's given me grandchildren, a wonderful church family, a great ministry, and the list just continues. It goes on and on and on. And I don't want to be one of the nine. That is not in my soul who it is that I want to be. I want to be the one that says, Lord, I'm grateful. Lord, I'm thankful. Thank you for your blessings every day. Every day. That's who I want to be. That's who we need to be. I don't get it right all the time. I don't. None of us do. Sometimes I miss it. Sometimes we all miss it. But it makes me wonder where these nine are in the North American church today. Listen. Are we the nine? Are we the ones who have been blessed by God over and over and over again but don't live any differently? Are we the ones that go through our religious motions like these nine went over to the priest to get cleansed? We pray, we go to church, we read our Bibles, but do we live any differently? Have we come to Jesus and encountered His grace? If we have then, it's time that we become a people of thanksgiving and gratitude. It's time that we become a people of love, grace, and forgiveness. It's time that we become a people who sacrifice our time and talents in service to others. It's time we get involved in our local churches helping build God's kingdom. It's time that we stop following the nine and start following Jesus. My prayer today is that we are all part of the one, not the nine. We should praise Jesus. He's done great things. My goodness. Great things. We should be thankful as this Samaritan man was. God's blessings shower us over and over again every day. Don't miss a chance to be thankful. Don't give a chance to live thankful. The point's really simple today. We as Christians need to cultivate our lives into an attitude of gratitude. Can you say that? Attitude of gratitude. We should be thankful in the big things. We should be thankful in the small things. You know, maybe there's some of us here this morning that have have overcome some tremendous challenges in our lives. 
Maybe we've had a severe health scare. Maybe we've been without a job. Maybe there was a job that we needed. God provided it. Just waking up in the morning, watching a, a beautiful sunrise, maybe tasting a bite of delicious food, watching the grandchildren play. There's nothing better. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You're a good and gracious God. James 1.17 tells us this, every good and perfect gift comes from you. So Jesus, I want to say thank you. I pray this morning that you're not following the nine. If you have been, I'm going to give you an opportunity here in just a few minutes to, to rectify that. Maybe there's something this morning that you need to do business with God about. Maybe there are some things and blessings in your life that you just have, we get so excited because it's happened. I got that new job. I've been healed of my infirmity. All of this stuff is going well in my life, but what did I forget to do? Forgot to be thankful. It happens. It happens to all of us. And folks, I tell you, we should be thankful too. We had our trunk retreat. I am so thankful that God sent all of those children through those lines to come right here to little old Cornerstone and get the message of Jesus Christ. Now, I didn't see anybody come to know Jesus. I didn't. But I do know that there were several people in our cars that were planting those seeds. Be thankful that God gave us that opportunity, and we'll trust him with the results. That's how that works. But folks, there are so many lost in our communities. There are so many that don't know Jesus. They're dying. They're living in darkness. Tonight on our John study, we're going to talk about darkness and light. There are so many that are living so dark. Don't have a chance in the world or don't see a chance in the world. Their chance, their only hope is Jesus. Jesus is the light. Light expels darkness. And it will every time. So this morning, if there's something on your heart, I'm going to ask you, don't wait. I would ask you this morning, be thankful to God for his blessings. Let's pray for the lost in our community. Let's pray for our church as we go through transition. Let's pray for all of these things. And at the end of the day, be thankful to God for what he's done and what he's going to do. Let's stand together as we sing.
Well, thank you all so much for being here this morning. And uh, it's been a wonderful day in Jesus with you. And I'm just so grateful that you're a part of our church and a part of what we do here at Cornerstone. And I pray that you just have a blessed week this week. I pray that God will put somebody in your path this week that needs Jesus Christ. And I pray that you will respond to that in a way that you can plant a seed or maybe even lead them to him. Amen. Holly. Amen. Amen. Well, that's a, a thankful mother right there. So, yeah, Abby had her tonsils out uh, Thursday a week ago and uh, had a time with that, but she's finally doing better. So, so glad. And, and uh, Haley had a little procedure done and did well. And uh, so glad of that. And, and Lisa had her toe taken off just about it uh, Friday. <laughs> so she's doing okay, too. So. But God bless you all. I appreciate you so much. And uh, don't forget tonight at 6 over at Bev and Ted's. It's, it's just starting. You haven't missed a thing. So come on out tonight, and we'll get started on the book of John. Okay, Brother Joe Saxon, would you dismiss us, please? <laughs>